work of God is simple. Today, I'm going to teach you about the simplicity of the work of God. The simplicity of the work of God. Amen? Amen. Okay, we are called to be real vessels of God, not to just be humans who believe in God and call God from heaven to do miracles. No, we are called to be vessels of God, vessels of the Holy Spirit in his fullness, not 10% or 20% of Holy Spirit, but fullness of Jesus in us. We're vessels. Vessels of full Jesus is how we should be. This is the kind of thing you're seeing in the book of Acts. Our Jesus is a God of miracles who does the impossible, who does any kind of miracle. And he said to his disciples, and he's saying this to us now as well, you will do the things I did and greater. Why? Because I'm going to be inside of you doing those things. It, it, it shouldn't sound so wild and crazy that we did the same things that he did. Jesus is in us. What's hard for him? What's impossible for him? So we are called to be vessels of Jesus in his fullness, which includes Jesus who comes in power. We should not settle for anything short of that. If you are not seeing vessels who are, who are full of the power of God around you, you need to find a new church. You need to find new friends. You know? We, it's time. We, we're seeing that it's possible now here today in this revival. So now it's time. No more compromise. This is who God is looking for in this army who will take it seriously. You know? Amen? So... When we are actually vessels of God's power, we need to understand that nothing really is impossible. You need to have that revelation that God himself is living inside of you. And when you can actually receive his anointing, Jesus who comes in power, which that comes from positioning yourself where anointing is, by the way. Receiving impartation. That's a big way that it comes for the most part. But when you're actually a vessel of his power, Wow, he can do anything through you. Anything. We need to have this revelation. Without this revelation, this is where we get loud preaching. This is where we get, get out, screaming to the demons. That happens because of the lack of revelation of how powerful God is and he lives in you. Our, the kingdom is based on faith, so for God to use you in mighty miracles, it depends on your faith. So people s start to lose faith, or they're just not in the place of knowing how to receive anointing, and they don't, ha they don't have the power of God, and they try to compensate by screaming with a loud voice. But it doesn't matter how loud you scream, that's not what makes demons go. What makes demons go is when they see the authority of Christ in you and that you know you're walking in the authority of Christ and you're executing the authority of Christ properly. By screaming super loud, you're actually not <laughs> demonstrating that you know really your authority, actually. So this actually makes less miracles be able to occur, less demons be able to obey. They need to see and respect that authority. So you need to know really what that authority is. God does not need us to help him. We are vessels. It's God moving through us. We are just a pure vessel. He does not need us to help him do miracles. He does not need us to help him by screaming at demons to go. We're not doing anything. We're just actually taken away from the power of God when we do that. He does not need our help by pressing on someone's head and pushing them down. Let me help you feel the power of God. See, that's not helping God do a miracle. God does not need our help. It's actually so much more simpler than much of the church has made it. 
We have all these things because we don't see the power of God. We have a loud voice. We have pushing people down. We have trying to bring up emotions. We have entertainment. We have music. Music's good. Music's awesome. God uses music. But God doesn't need music. We think we need to have the atmosphere just perfect. That's nice. That can help us focus. It's, It's a great thing. I love that. But God doesn't need it. We need to have revelation of that. God doesn't need anybody, anything. He just needs us to be a vessel. But he doesn't need all these other things that we think we need to help God do a miracle. And I love how how this revival broke out, how the first demons are manifesting and being cast out. It, It was in the most kind of simple church setup there could ever be, I think. It was just Shunt Hall and I, Stone. He was on the cajon. We had, I was playing the piano. We had just the wire mic, so we didn't even have a wireless mic. And that was it. And there was 20-something people there. Um, and we are outside in the amphitheater, outside in a park. Very simple. <laughs> and I am not a great piano player. I am just, I'm not like Carlos, who just played amazingly. Give it up for him. Amazing, right? Thank you, Carlos. But I'm just very simple. And... Um, That's all we had. So then I start praying for people. We had no kind of soaking music, no kind of background music. Not only that, but that day, when that first demon manifested and was cast out, there was a group of people having a party. It was spiritual warfare, but they were just 10 feet away from us, like 50 people, 10 feet away from us, blasting heavy metal music. I'm not joking, heavy metal of all music. And so that day I actually had to talk loud. <laughs> but heavy metal music. So I'm still praying for this woman. There's no soaking music. There's actually heavy metal music and a party happening 10 feet away. People are talking, talking, talking. But I just spoke simply to her, prayed simply to her. And all of a sudden the power of God came upon her. She fell on the ground. Demon started convulsing. I commanded the demon to go. By God's grace, the demon left her. Hallelujah. But I really love how God made that. I mean, that's a testimony that I share so many times. It's, it's history of this revival. And I love that God allowed all of that um, spiritual warfare to happen because it really sh- taught me something and it teaches us all something today. That it's really so simple with God. He's so powerful. He, he can have heavy metal music playing. That's okay. That's not going to stop him. He's not inside of us like, oh, I need my nice soaking music to come out. Then I can do the miracle. (laughs) No. In fact, our God is so laser focused on freeing his people that there's no kind of distraction for him. He's just, I want to free my my son, my daughter. Boom. And... And, you know, one of the most other amazing deliverances I've ever seen was actually a couple weeks ago in uh, Ottawa, Canada, on Canada Day. And it's a gentleman who traveled all the way from, what was the African country? Rwanda. From, he traveled from Rwanda because of what he's seen here in this park. Because he saw people being freed here. And he's a pastor himself, but he had so much torment, so bad. And he actually went to a witch doctor one time to try to get help. And that led to so much more bondage, demonic bondage. But he flew all the way to that service in Canada, believing God would free him. And God freed him that day. It was so powerful. And not just that, but half of his body was numb. He could still walk and stuff, but he he didn't have feeling in half of his body for a long time. And it was one of the most beautiful things to see the look on his face after he was delivered, where he was just like, And he was like biting it, like he couldn't believe it. He had feeling back. Yeah, it was so beautiful. And he worshiped Jesus like I've never seen. But would you know that that day, it was Canada Day. That's like 4th of July. Would you know that there was people partying, blasting music that day? And before that miracle, that one of the greatest deliverances I've ever seen, before that happened, I I was remembering back. I was like, I'm expecting. God's ready to show off his power again, how powerful he is, just like he did that day. 
March 21st of 2021, that first even be cast out. And that's exactly what happened. Oh man, God is so powerful and he doesn't need us. What I'm trying to tell you right now is that the work of God is so much more simpler than most people realize. Most people try to complicate it. They don't have revelation of how to just receive anointing, how to position yourself to receive anointing, that they try to compensate with all these other things and they make it so complicated. They make it so complicated and then God doesn't even show up. But when we can actually simply be vessels of God, it becomes so simple and easy. Jesus says, my yoke is light. There's the burden, the yoke with Jesus is so light. Like that's the meaning. Like when you have Jesus, there's ease. There is ease with the work of God. It's time now that we step back and allow God to move mightily. Because when we don't step back, when we get in the way, we're obstructing him and we're literally blocking him from moving how he wants to move. And not just that, but God gets the most glory when we step back and allow him to move. This is one of the reasons why, now it, it talks about in the Bible about laying hands, you will lay hands on the sick and they will be healed and I lay hands sometimes, but you know, God specifically like led me to, before I was like laying hands all the time and then once God started to move in more power, God spoke to me and was like, I want you to step back a little bit and not lay hands as much because I want to show my people how powerful I am because people don't really know this. People haven't really seen this. And, and, and even people are like pushing people down and stuff. I want I want people to see that I can, my power is so mighty. I can just come upon a person with no hands or anything. That's a big reason why many times I'm not placing hands. Many times it's to, God says, I want you to demonstrate my power. I love, and we don't have the greatest, I mean, I'm just editing right now. So I'm just using like one camera angle all the time. And I tell Chantal, like, she films all the time the main camera angle. And I'm like, just get them. Like, just get the face. Like, I just want people to be focused on how God touches somebody. You know, it's not, I don't have any kind of supernatural power. I don't have any, nothing special. But God is doing everything. So when we step back like this and allow God to move in such incredible power, this is how he gets the glories because people's eyes are so focused on Jesus. Whoa, wow. People are not being distracted with, oh, come on, like the preaching like this. Or, or the loud, get up, get up. They're not, they're not, that, that can take away. That can be distracting. That can be uncomfortable. That can be like, oh, my ears hurt. I don't know. That can, and then at the same time, you know, a lot of people in the world are confused. They think a lot of this is emotional, emotional. But I love how people, when people can see the mighty power of God touch somebody and you can see it, it's supernatural. There's no denying it. You cannot say that's emotional. You cannot say that. When it's just simple words. Not, oh, you demon are going to get out of this person right now. You're going to get out. And then the person themselves starts to feel all emotional. So what's God? You know, you see what I'm saying? You see how this is where he gets the most glory? And this is where he can be revealed the most to the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The work of God is simple. The simplicity of the work of God. In 1 Corinthians 2.4, Paul says this. My message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the NIV version. And this is from verse 1. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We've come to think that what is really powerful in God's eyes is really impressive preaching. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. That's good. But no change. Oh, that word was so good. He, he knows how to preach. 
She knows how to preach. But then the person doesn't experience actual change, actual transformation, right? This is my testimony, actually. I was a Christian my whole life, gave my life to Jesus at age four. When I was in high school, I became lukewarm Christian. Um, the reason is because, to summarize it, I was in religion. I didn't know God could move in power. I hadn't actually tangibly experienced Holy Spirit. Never had I felt it was just, I believe, because people told me. That's it. And I had no revelation of the spiritual realm. I had no revelation about opening up doors to the enemy. I had, I had none of that revelation. I had none of the revelation of God's love for me. My revelation of God's love was very small. But then one day, six and a half years ago, I went to a little house church, and I encountered the power of God for the first time. And I encountered the power of God through a prophetic word, through people being healed, people being delivered. And shortly after, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And before that, I had been going to um, a big mega church, and, I, and, I, and I, would, I would serve, and I would hear the message four times every Sunday. I would hear, I would be at the church the whole day, listen to four messages over and over and over again, and I loved it. And every time I was like, wow, that was such a good word. Wow, wow, I'm touched, wow. And that was for like three years. And, but those preachings were very wise and persuasive words. Those, word, those preachings were so intellectual. And at the end of every message, there would be just this, uh, like, raise your hand if you want to believe in Jesus and repeat a prayer after me. And I would do that every time. And I really did want to surrender. But there was no change. There was no change in me. And I wasn't surrendering. And I didn't know I was stuck. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Now I know now what it was. It's what Paul was teaching, speaking about here when he says, I didn't come to you with wise and persuasive words. The scripture goes on to say, because if I came to you with wise and persuasive words, your faith would rest on man's words. A faith that's rested on man's words is not rested on God. The faith that's rested on man's words is going to not be strong. It's not even on God himself. It's God, man's word for it. But Paul says, I came to you with simple words is what he's saying. Simple, with simplicity. I didn't try to convince you like crazy with, with intellectual discussions. But I spoke simply. I spoke my testimony. And then I demonstrated the power of God release the power of God he was a simple vessel for the power of God to flow through and as that happened people were touched with God's power people were tangibly encountering God and when that happens your eyes open up to Jesus that he's real that he really loves you you really meet him that's how it's supposed to be that we would really meet Jesus we wouldn't just hear about him that he would really touch us, that we would know him. We would know he's real. We would know that he loves us. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it was in the Acts church. That's how it was through Apostle Paul's ministry. This is what he's talking about. And that's what happened to me that day. I'm so passionate about this because that's what happened to me that day six and a half years ago. This vessel of God spoke simply, demonstrated the power of God, and I encountered God. A real encounter. I fell in love with him. And I surrendered for the first time in my life. And I've been surrendered since that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we think we, we, think we need to complicate it. Like we need to come with this fancy preaching. When people aren't even changed, when people aren't even encountering Jesus, when people aren't getting even really saved, they're just raising their hands and repeating words. But we should have a heart for people to really be saved, to really meet Jesus, Amen. and to really be transformed. Amen. That precious woman who was here who was delivered during worship, she got to really meet Jesus right there. That's demonstrating the power of God. She got to meet Jesus. She got to experience Jesus free her. And when that happens, it's this kind of revelation like that I had. This revelation, God heard my prayers. God loves me. God's forgiven me of that time when I did the ritual and invited demonic powers, and he's forgiven me. 
that's what's revealed to you when you actually encounter God's power like that. But not when you just simply tell a person, God's forgiven you. It's in the past. God loves you. Those are just words if there's no power accompanying it. And that person will never know. They can stay living in that lie, not knowing God's love. People need the power of God. Amen. The work of God, when we preach, it should be simple. It should be simple. Simple. It does not need to be wise and persuasive words. As it says, and this is the New Living Translation, it says, my message and my preaching were plain. They were plain. What Paul's saying is anybody can do it. Yeah? Some of you thinking, I'm not a great communicator. Can you speak plainly? Then you can do it. You can preach. Amen. Because it says, Mark 16, 15 says, these signs will accompany those who believe. Those who believe. Not those who are ordained ministers. Not those who feel they're called to be preachers. Those who believe. These signs will follow them. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes on their hands and they will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they will preach the gospel. We are, we are all called to preach the gospel. We are all called to share God's word. This is the great commission. Heal the sick, cast out demons. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel message. This is Jesus' command to us. I'm telling you right now, you're called to preach. Nobody ever told me that. Nobody ever told me that because you're a believer, you're called to preach. Maybe you're not all called to preach in front of tons of people. Maybe you're not all called to be a, pre a pastor or an apostle or a teacher or a prophet or an evangelist, but you're all called to preach. Preaching is simply sharing the gospel, sharing about Jesus, sharing who he is and what he wants to do for somebody, sharing what he's done for you. You are all called to preach, and I want to tell you that you can all do it. Amen? In 1 Corinthians 2, Paul says, I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and great fear and trembling. My message and preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So he's saying that he came and he shared simply the testimony of Jesus. His personal testimony of what Jesus did for him, of why he knows he's real, of why there's change in his life. I once was lost, I now am found. I once was blind, I now can see. This is what happened. I once was bound, I once had demonic dreams, I once had severe anxiety and depression, I once had these issues the doctors couldn't explain, but Jesus healed me. I can show you my doctor's reports too, look. That's what he's talking about, sharing the testimony of Jesus. So I'm telling you, Revival Army, it's time now to not just be sitting in the church pews anymore and listening to a preacher. It's time for you to get up and preach yourself with your life. And I want to tell you, if I can be here preaching to you now, you can preach to people. Because Preaching was my biggest fear and weakness, public speaking and preaching. I had no clue how to like write a sermon. I felt like I didn't hear from God get this fancy revelation. And now I realize God didn't want to give me fancy revelation. He wanted to give me the simplicity of his kingdom, the simplicity of him. So I just preached what I knew. I just preached what God gave me, which didn't feel like a lot. But God says, no, this is what I want. It's simple. People are getting all this complex stuff. I'm not even in it. People are missing me completely. Teach them the simplicity of me. Teach them the simplicity of my kingdom. So what, how God has transformed your life, how he saved you, healed you, delivered you, how you've seen God do miracles, like you see Jesus do miracles all around here, that's your testimony that God is calling you to preach. That's preaching. 
what God's shown you, what God re God's revealed to you, what God's taught you. Teach that. You've learned about renouncing. Teach that to people. Preach. You can do it. Amen? Hallelujah. I really never even thought I would see preachers. And I was like, how do they do that? And they're so on fire. And they're so, I, can, I don't know how they get that revelation. And for years, I would look at preaching messages and I would be like, I suck compared to them. Did God really call me to this? I wouldn't question it. But I really felt that way. I'm telling you, I really felt that way that I sucked compared to them. I did. So I, I'm, I'm here to tell you, if I can do this, after hearing the devil speak to me with every sermon, you're not a good preacher, you're not good enough, people aren't being blessed, people aren't going to come back, see, people aren't coming back for years. If I can stand here and do this, you can do it. You thought you were not a good speaker? Oh, you are the perfect speaker to share God's word. Just how you are. If God can use Moses, who had a stutter, to lead millions, to be a mouthpiece of him for millions, he can use you to share with whom God's called you to preach to. Amen? Amen. Next, the simplicity of saving souls. The simplicity of saving souls. So we have simplicity in demonstrating the power of God. Simplicity in preaching. Now simplicity of saving souls. Now in Acts 9.41, listen to this. So what happened was there's this, this girl who died. And they heard Peter was in town. And they knew Peter was walking in the power of God. They knew he was anointed. So they simply called him, Peter, come. They had faith that God was in him, that God was with him, that God could even raise this woman from the dead through him. So he went up and he took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. She came alive. Then he called for the believers. This is Acts 9:41. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. You got that? Th they heard about this miracle, and then many people believed in the Lord. Acts 9, verse 33. Here's another example of Peter. He's walking in the power of God. There he found a man named Ananias who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Ananias, Peter said to him, Ananias, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately Ananias got up. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. These are just a couple examples. We find this is how Jesus' ministry blew up. How thousands followed him. The day of Pentecost, it was miracles that were happening. Speaking in tongues. People speaking in the languages of the people there. It was miracles that brought souls into the kingdom. It was people witnessing miracles. People simply hearing about miracles. That's how they believed in Jesus. If we really want to study Acts, if we want to study the Gospels as Jesus is doing his ministry, if you want to see the biggest thing that is leading people to come into the kingdom, to believe in Jesus, give their lives to him, it's them witnessing miracles and them receiving miracles themselves. Wow. So we better not settle for anything less and seeing God's power move and his miracles breaking out. If we want to see souls saved, we need to care that there's miracles happening. We need to make that priority. Lord, I need to be a vessel of your power. And I need to be part of your work where your power is. I have to or else people are going to be saved. You know? Just like my sh what I shared with you, I was in that huge mega church. There was no power of God, no miracles and I'm hearing this like evangelist type message over and over and over and over again. And I wasn't actually getting saved. I don't know how many people are actually saved through that. We need to meet Jesus to be saved. We can't fake it. We need to encounter him in power. We need the miraculous power in our lives to be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. So 
in the, what we've seen a lot in the body of Christ is everything else but miracles to bring people to try to bring people into the kingdom. You know, we have repetitive raise your hand and repeat after me prayers and we have entertainment and we have lights and camera action and <laughs> nice big worship bands. We have all of these other things to try to bring people into to, to the kingdom. And that's nice. It's coming with good intention. They want people to be saved, but we need to grow up and read the word of God and see what was really effective in bringing people truly into the kingdom. Yes, amen. What was really attracting people to come to the church really was hearing about the miracles, receiving the miracles. Amen. But look how simple it is. Look how simple it was for them. Demonstrate the power of God. Raise someone from the dead. Healed somebody. Thousands come to the Lord. Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Rabarashikia, praying in tongues. 2,000 come to the Lord in one day. See how simple it is? Look how simple it is to reach the lost. Amen? Hallelujah. Also in Canada, there was this woman who testified how she brought her friends and the one girl didn't believe in Jesus. But she gave her life to Jesus that day after witnessing all the miracles and being touched by God. And there wasn't the traditional, like what we're used to in the church, repeat after me. There's nothing, I'm not dissing that. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is we get so religious with it and there's not even any power and many people are not even saved. But Jesus wants people to really be saved. And that's what happened with me when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I encountered God's power. I said, Jesus, I give my life to you. Nobody led me through a prayer. This is how it's supposed to be. Simple. We get too complicated and too religious and say, but they need to say these exact words. The sinner's prayer is not even in the Bible. Repeat after me these exact words. That's not in the Bible. It says, confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. That's what it says in the Bible. So somebody can say, Jesus, your Lord. They, they got to say it authentically. They got to say it from their heart. We are not forcing people like marionettes, like robots. We want people to authentically mean it from their heart, on their own will, in their bathroom, in their bedroom, in their car, after they leave service, do it there, wherever. That's what we want people to really be saved, to really choose from their heart, Jesus, I give my whole life to you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Next, we have simplicity of receiving miracles. In Acts 5.12, it says, the apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's Kananade. And I'll go into verse 14. More and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. So here we have again, the apostles are performing many signs and wonders among the people. And then we see more and more believing in the Lord, adding to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Can we take a second and just realize how simple it was back then? And this is what God's doing now. Amen. But look how simple it was for people to be healed. Not just people. Everybody's healed. But this is what it was like. Oh, Peter, he's, un he's highly anointed where even the principalities have to obey him. They recognize that just like they recognize that. Go pray for this woman to be raised from the dead. They recognize that. So they just position themselves where that anointing was flowing, where that high level authority of Christ was that made even the principalities have to leave. They simply recognized it and they simply positioned themselves there under the shadow. So he's just simply being a vessel of God's mighty power. Simply, simply walking by. He's not even breaking a sweat. He's not saying, oh, wow, yes, I'm so anointed. Okay, I'm going to pray for all of you one-on-one. -on -one. I'm going to be here for five hours. Line them up. 
I think I might need some help. This is the thing. We don't have revelation of how powerful God is that we limit him. Do you see how much, how powerful God was, God is, but how he was moving through Peter? That Peter is not having to pray one-on-one. It's all the anointing flowing through Peter alone, and everyone was healed, it says. Everyone. We should not be having to labor so much for miracles to happen. This is how it should be today. And this is what God is restoring now, this mighty anointing. Now, it, what, what makes demons go is when they recognize the authority of Christ in a vessel, when they see that authority they have, and there's different levels of authority. There's different levels of demonic powers, and there's different levels of anointing and authority. And so not everyone has the authority and anointing to cast out principalities, high-level demonic powers. We all have different levels of anointing depending on our specific calling on this earth, on what God has chosen for us, number one, and also depending on our journey and growing in the anointing, if we are being obedient and surrendered, and also God's timing. For example, I was growing in the anointing for four and a half years, not seeing a single demon tremble. So there's all these factors, but we all are walking in different levels of anointing and authority. So uh, what makes demons go is when they wreck and sicknesses. What makes the demonic kingdom to go from people and the miraculous power to invade, this is what it is for demons to see that, high, that level of anointing and authority. And then they're forced to obey that or the sickness is forced to obey that and leave, okay? So it was just Peter, just Peter alone. Because this is how authority works. We don't have five teachers coming into the classroom to execute authority. We have one teacher who has domain over 20 people. And if five came in, it would actually get confusing and the kids wouldn't respect as much because that's not how authority works. That's how it is in the kingdom. So, for example, that's why here, here at, at Fivefold Church, we don't, see, we don't see a prayer line of a bunch of people praying for people at one time. Why? Because this is the way that God is moving now, like how he was moving through Apostle Peter, where we all are called to walk in authority and anointing, but we each have our own domains. So, for example, right now, this is my domain that God has given so I'm carrying anointing and authority, and all demons here have to obey that. That's how powerful God is, and that's how authority works. It's a new thing God's doing, not new according to Acts Church. God's restoring that. But we haven't seen it a lot in the church today, but this is what God is doing now. Guess what? This is how more miracles can happen. When we're not walking in this revelation, we're limiting God. We're literally saying God can only do a miracle through one-on-one prayer. Right? It's kind of what we're saying, that we think that each person needs one-on-one personal ministry. No. Look how God moved through Peter. Everyone came in the shadow, and it says everyone was healed. So how is it actually supposed to be? What God is restoring, this way of him moving in the book of Acts, was that you would all come here. You would receive the anointing to destroy every yoke. Every demon has to obey here in this place. And two, you are being equipped for you to walk in the authority and anointing over your domain that God has given you. You have a domain I don't have. Your domain is many different things. If you lead a Bible study, that's your domain. Your household, that's your domain. Your children, that's your domain. You're talking to somebody in the grocery store or workplace or wherever, and they they start opening up to you and you ask them, do you want me to pray for you? I can pray for you. Jesus can heal you. Jesus can deliver you. They say, sure, that's your domain. Your domain is a lot of different places. Amen. If I have someone else here to come preach, it's a fivefold ministry. God is going to be bringing this in as time goes on. We're just in the beginning phases. Like it was the apostles where the sent one sent, sent out ones, sent ones, right? In the beginning. And then more came. This is a fivefold church. We're going to have the whole fivefold ministry here as time goes on. Amen? So 
I could be traveling somewhere or I could even be here and someone else, a prophet comes ministering here. They have the domain. They have the domain. You see, this is how it works. But the reason why this is very important for us to grasp and walk in this revelation is that we will see more people healed and delivered this way. That's, that's a key of why it says all were healed under Apostle Peter's shadow. Because he was executing his authority the proper way. He knew, I know this authority I carry, every principality has to obey. Just like when a teacher comes in the classroom and says, all of you children be quiet now, they all obey. We don't need 15 teachers saying, be quiet, be quiet, right? That's how authority works, amen? So he had this revelation, and because he had that revelation, the demons had to obey. So the demons will only obey according to what your revelation is. Amen? So there was simplicity in miracles happening in the book of Acts. Simplicity. Peter's just walking by. Paul, they're bringing handkerchiefs to his skin and bringing them upon people. Oh, here. There. Whoa, demon gone. Wow, no loud voice, no sweaty, not, not casting demon out for many hours. Wow. Look at the simplicity. That's because our God is powerful. Yeah. He, is, he is powerful. Hallelujah. I'm just overwhelmed by the testimonies that come online and that all of you are sharing. If you're on Instagram, check out my story. I just happened to um, yesterday say if you've been delivered what's your life like now and I was overwhelmed by the amount of people that just wrote how they're delivered what they're delivered from from watching online from coming in person and how their lives changed it's amazing so go check out the story and if that's you too add it to the story to my story but I want to share this testimony that really touched me this is a woman from Australia um, she was delivered through a zoom live that I did back in October and um, so she was delivered powerfully. I posted the video on my Instagram and Facebook in 5Fs, Instagram and Facebook. You can just yesterday I posted or day before, two days ago. So you can go check that video out after service. But um, I just happened to be on Facebook on June and I came across her comment from like January or something like that. This amazing comment of how she's sharing what her life is like now after she's been delivered. I'm glad I came upon, stumbled upon it because it's amazing. So I want to share this testimony to you. She says, this is an update on my deliverance. People have asked me what's changed since my deliverance in October. Three months ago, this was. Where to start? Where do I finish? Well, let me list the main things. I haven't got a million voices in my head tormenting me, shaming me, lying to me, mocking me constantly, arguing between themselves, etc. Been, I've been able to and deep desire to listen to or read the word daily like when I was first encountered God and I'm not getting so super sidetracked like I was wow how did I even deal hearing the Holy Spirit so much more clearly from eliminating the demonic voices and from being able to be in the word more but also just a super clarity has come upon me also my spiritual eyes and ears are open even more than ever before also the fear of man has gone also, boldness to share what the Lord has spoken to me no matter what anyone else thinks. Also, the fire of God is so tangible. I just have to open my mouth in prayer or worship, and I feel the power of God flowing more than ever before. And haven't had what sounded like demonic tongues coming out of my mouth when praying. She used to have demonic tongues, but she was delivered from that. And no more watching fiery sermons and having my face start manifesting when they are doing deliverance. And I haven't been able to get off the shelf and launch my Christian t-shirt business when I have procrastinated for over four years wanting to do it. But now I started it. Now I just listen to the Holy Spirit and obey. I'm being led by him more than ever before. It's so beautiful. I would like to add, I could hear the Holy Spirit before clearly also, but I found it very hard to obey. I was trapped in a cycle of on fire then in a place of deep depression where I would feel a wet blanket put over me and I couldn't open my mouth to pray at all. People would message me to pray for them and I would literally open the message and close it again. So it wasn't me, it was the demons. I would be constantly battling with myself. Why am I not as on fire as I used to be? I would weep before the Lord and knew I had demons. I knew he could free me from them because he had set me free in an instant from a six year addiction in one encounter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful that just one time on a Zoom, 
all of that is her life now. And she was a believer before, but she had all these demonic yokes inside that she simply needed to encounter the power of God and just be free. Look how easy and simple it was. There have been so many people who just watch the lives, who watch the replays, who just come here, don't even get one-on-one prayer, just in the back. And you've been freed, you've been healed. So many have been. Amen? And it's come with ease. It's come with ease. Hallelujah. My heart goes out to all of those lost in the world and who are oppressed. My heart goes out to those who just have not heard and seen what God can do. All these testimonies that I hear where I'm shocked at how easily God moves just through a live stream, how this whole thing broke out, how that first girl even came to the church from Massachusetts where she was set free, that woman that was set free, it was from seeing a one 59-second clip on TikTok that I posted where no miracles had happened through me before that time for four years, four and a half years, no, none through online. But I post this 59-second clip, and all of a sudden thousands of comments are on this 59-second clip testifying of miracles they've received. Look how powerful God is. It's not hard to be free. It's not hard to be healed. And there are so many people like this woman who are believers today, who are tormented by demons, and they don't have to be. They can just watch alive. They can just show up to the park. And God can free you from so much in a second. God can bring you to abundant life now. This is the message that we need to be preaching to the world, army of God, that God can do this for you, that you do not need to be tormented like this. You do not need to have this oppression. God can do it for you, and he will do it. Just come receive. It's easy. It's simple. It's simple. Just position yourself to receive. That's it. Just, just do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And um, it's time now that we get loud, army of God, loud about this. It's time we get loud and share the truth that believers do not need to be stuck in bondage. It's simple. The devil's come to steal, kill, and destroy. He does this by bringing demonic yokes. This can happen to believers. It's as simple as this. You open the door up for addiction, like you start taking drugs. Whether you're a Christian or not, you're going to get addicted, usually, right? Well, newsflash, addiction is actually a demon. If we can understand that, can we understand that Christians can have demonic bondage? Enough of overcomplicating it. Oh, but they can't be possessed, but they can be oppressed. Enough with overcomplicating it. People simply have demonic yokes. People simply need freedom, and they simply need to come where the anointing is and be free. Because what this complication thing is, it brings skepticism. It brings people come like, but I don't know. What do they believe? No, 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 no. It's all complicated. This is, the, this is what the Pharisees were doing to Jesus. Man, Jesus was so simple. By the way, Jesus' ministry was so simple. What he was doing was he was preaching about the kingdom of God. He was preaching the good news. He was healing those who were sick. He was casting out the demons. He was raising the dead. He was showing his love. That was simple. Can we agree that's simple? But then the Pharisees come so complicated, so complex. And the Pharisees are full with their complex doctrine. And so Jesus is freeing someone, is healing somebody. But with what they say is, it's the Sabbath. They're not seeing the simplicity, this beauty. Jesus just healed this woman. So what we have is we have like Pharisee spirits today saying, well, casting out demons is good, but you can't be a pastor if you're a woman. So we have that. Or, well, casting out demons is good, but you can't be, you call yourself an apostle? 
Well, casting out demons is good, but you need to say exactly this when the demon is being cast out. I've heard all sorts of things on my, you won't believe it. One of them was, I said, thank you, Jesus, on something. And someone wrote, you need to say Jesus Christ. How dare you just say Jesus? But I get all these comments and it's like, the Pharisee spirit wants it to be a perfect way that doesn't exist. Or not a perfect way, but a way in their mind. But it doesn't even exist. Because what they're coming up with is so complex. When Jesus says, I don't care if it's the Sabbath, I see a sick person that needs healing and I love them, so I'm healing them. It's simple, sorry. It was simple and the, the Pharisees came with all of, the, all of these complex things. Well, I don't like the, uh, but he, well, king, he's he says he's king and what's kingdom, what's, what, and they're missing the simplicity of the beauty of what he's really doing. He came just to do something simple. He didn't come to uh, take somebody off their throne and no, 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 take over. The, like they thought, they thought he was gonna come do all these bad things. He was just coming simply to love people and save people, simple. But they came up with this complex narrative. So today we have all this complex doctrine. Today I see people being healed and being delivered. I see them testify. I've seen this happen. I've seen people testify. Jesus has freed me. My anxiety is gone. And I see them turn back and I can see they talked to friends, bad friends with Pharisee spirits saying, but this doctrine here, I don't know about this. And I she taught this. I don't agree with this same kind of Pharisee healing on us, but, but she heals on a Sabbath. And then the person goes and just loses what God gave them. But it was simple. I once was lost, I'm now found. I once was oppressed, I once had anxiety, I'm now free. We need to stay in the simplicity of the fruits. You will be taken away from God's will. You'll be taken away from where God has assigned you to be, to walk in the anointing and to receive complete freedom and healing if you don't stay to the simplicity of the fruits. Amen. The Bible says you'll know them by the fruits. Not and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. You'll know them by the fruits. Yes. Look at the fruits. What are people testifying? Are people being brought closer to Jesus? Are people growing more in faith? Are people being healed, being delivered? Are they testifying that? That's fruits. Simple. When you start to get all these complex things, oh, she's apostle. There's no more apostles here. Oh, why does she call herself apostle? All these complex things. Well, she needs to say, why isn't she saying this after casting out the demon? Why this? Now you know you've opened up a door for that complex uh, Pharisee spirit taking you away from the simplicity of Jesus. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Lastly, Heather. I'm happy you're here today because I wanted to talk about you today. I'm going to talk about the simplicity of receiving impartation. Did anybody see the video I just posted of her online? Yeah. Like yesterday, two days ago? Raise your hand. You guys got to go on my social media and, and be fed by these testimonies. People are receiving miracles of these testimonies. <laughs> I didn't see many hands. No, I just want you to be blessed more. <laughs> so I want you to just share briefly, just share briefly this past year, how you came and what's happened this year. Praise God. I am honored to have found Catherine, Apostle Catherine, on social media through Facebook. My husband and I have pastored a church for almost 11 years in Redlands. It's about an hour from here. And I was really getting burnt out from being dead. <laughs> a dead preacher. Uh, we were preaching grace, but there was no miracles, no signs, no wonders, no demons being cast out at all. And I wasn't satisfied with that. And obviously the Lord had a bigger calling. So when I saw you on Facebook, I was glued to the screen. I said, oh, look at this. This is a woman. Okay, not that I don't like men, but it was a woman who told me she was bold as a lion. She was in a park in Los Angeles. And that was, you know, I know, I know what happens when you go out in public as a woman. She didn't have big bodyguards. She didn't have lights. She had the power of God. And I watched people's lives 
get free. I watch testimonies, and that is the power that defeats the enemy is the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. I have taught. I have gone to Bible college. I've taught in Bible college. I know Greek. I know Hebrew. And none of that set anybody free. And I had to come to grips with that. And it was so easy because this is what I wanted. And so I drove to Los Angeles. I was so happy. It was only an hour away after our church. And I saw for myself. I saw what God had, was doing through Apostle Catherine. And it, I was in awe and wonder like the song I was in shock and awe I just sat and watched and I watched people get free I watched a worship leader come from New Mexico with her husband she was mute a worship leader that was mute gone to doctors nothing could get rid of it her little children were there and you cast the demon of muteness off of her that spirit of muteness she was rolling on the ground. This was not fake. This was not made up. She wasn't paying anybody in the background, go do this so I can be popular. That woman sat up, and the first word that came out of her mouth was Jesus. And we shouted. I jumped so high. And then, and then Apostle Catherine put the microphone to her mouth, and she said, sing. And she said, there is power. In the name of Jesus. And that was exactly what had just happened to her. The power of Jesus. The power of Jesus. And so it was about three weeks. I said, I started bringing people down. Anybody who would come with me, get in the car, come with me. You must come and see this amazing thing. To me, it was like Moses seeing the burning bush. And, and so I just kept bringing people. And then I said, I need this impartation. And I stood before you a year ago, and I said, I want this. And it, it was so easy for me to receive it because I knew God wanted it for me. And you didn't make it like, well, I'm the only one. You just said, yes, it's yours. And I received it. And from that year to this year, hundreds of demons have been cast out in our church. Scores of people have been healed from major diseases, little things to big things. And now my husband received it. At first he was like, no, no, I don't know about this. I don't know. And then I said, well, you need to come. And he had to have some deliverance himself. Then he came. And then when he came and you imparted the gift to him, he will tell you. He's a big guy. And she's reaching way up to touch him. And when you reach way up to touch him, and you released the, the impartation to him. He said, you stepped back, and there were two big catchers behind him. He said he felt a lightning bolt from heaven hit his head, and the fire of God came into him all the way through his body, and he almost fell back. He, he held himself not. And from that moment on, he now constantly casting out demons, healing the sick, and it's exploding because of your obedience and because of your laid your life down for this and you have changed but God told me you are raising up the foundations of many generations as Isaiah 58 said and now there's going to be millions of people millions because you stood for all that time and and God said on that day when that first demon was cast out it's never going to stop, and I am honored to be mentored by you in this. I listen to all your lives. I listen to your messages, whether you're at home, whether you're away, and I love it, and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I will not stop. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you. Hallelujah. And I said this before, and I'll say it again. You are an amazing leader. You are leading so many people to be able to be vessels of God. You are leading people to humble themselves. You are being an example, like Bible today, like reading how to receive, like Elisha, like Timothy. People are reading. You are like that today. And many will be vessels of God because of you, because they learn from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Love you. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm so touched. So touched. So touched. Thank you, Jesus. She brought like 13 people 
a few weeks ago, and I put that testimony up. You can watch it later. Watch it. It's like 10 minutes long, but it's really worth watching. But all of these people, they've been, they go to her church, and they've all been delivered and healed here at Fivefold Church at her revival event. She, we did a revival, it's now Redlands at her church. And then in her ministry as well, they're getting transformed, healed, and delivered. Power of God working through her as well now in their church. And they testified of this. And this just, what I want to share is, wow, look at the simplicity of receiving impartation. Simplicity. Simplicity. I've never even had a phone conversation with Heather. We've never just hung out, the two of us. I'm not like saying, okay, I want to teach you to do this and this and that, like we're going to talk on the phone. But look how easy and simple it was for her to receive. It's so simple to receive impartation. You know, that day I was watching that video, I posted it, and you say something very prophetic and powerful. It really touched me because she comes, what she does is, this isn't the only way to receive impartation. Through her, it was through Lana of Hands, but it's not the only way. So many have received it other ways, just being here, because it's being released. So you need to say, I receive it when it's being released. Amen? But so she comes and she's like to the front. She's like, I want what you have. I don't see you as less as me because you're younger. I just want what you have. I need, people need to be free. And she just came with desperation. People need to be free. They need to be free. I need this to set people free. That beautiful heart for God's people. Simple, pure. Doesn't care what the vessel looks like, where I receive it from. Doesn't care that they're younger or haven't been to Bible school like I have or led a church for as many years. I don't care. I just need to see people free. See that heart of humility, simple, pure heart? Well, what she then does is she says, so she's saying this to me and she says, I don't know where the pastors are. <laughs> and she says it with a holy anger. And, um, and it just touched me. I remember the moment and I just relived the video. And it just touched, it really touched me. It was really prophetic because, like, I just think about how many more churches could be walking in the power of God and seeing people be free and healed if they would be like Heather. How many more, if they would just simply come, position themselves, and just humble themselves? You know? It's simple. It was so simple for you to receive. You didn't have to go through hoops, nothing. It was so simple. You shared. There's keys. You position yourself, and you came with humility, and you watch all the time. You're receiving more anointing. It's, it's grown in you. So she's watching every single live and receiving more every time. And she comes after her church service every single Sunday here. She drives. So, but it, there are keys, but it's simple. It's not that hard to position yourself. It's not hard to drive an hour away or take a trip once in a while. It's not that hard. We have our phones. We have, God's made it easy to receive impartation now to position yourself where the anointing is. It's easy. It's simple. It's simple. It's simple. What I have is for all of you. God wants you all to walk in God's power. It's simple. You don't have to think, well, I need to have the one-on-one -on -one prayer. I need to get sessions with just, I, I'm her mentor. But she's just watching the lives and coming here. But that's how God's moving. Amen? You can receive just the same. Please be inspired by her. And God's not using just pastors. God's using young people. God is using people who, anybody, anybody, God wants to use you all to cast out demons. Amen? And I want to end with this. In this army that God is building up, God is building up an army of people who were broken, people who needed a lot of deliverance, people who are humble, and he's transforming them, and he's using them in power. This is what he's going to do. He's confounding the wisdom of this world right now. He's not going to be using the two churched people. Many people are too churched. So they are, they are too full. They're too full. They're not empty. They're not empty. That, that's coming empty is how she, so she's rare because she, she has been in the church for so long. She's rare, but it's going to be mostly people who are not so churched and who've been through torment. But come to Jesus, are set free, and can accept a new thing that God's doing. Like Saul, 
who turned into Paul. Saul was murdering people, but Jesus decided to use him. Why did Jesus choose him? Because he could humble himself. Amen? Because he knew what God took him from. There was a vessel that Ananias laid his hands on him. Jesus says, I want you to open his eyes. And he's like, what? Like, I've heard he's murdering all these people and all this. And God is like, I've chosen him. I've chosen him to be a vessel of me, to go to kings for me. And God's saying this over all you broken people here, over all you people who've had a horrible past, over all of you people who are still going through deliverance now, over all of you people who are going through layers and layers of deliverance. He's saying this over you now. I've chosen you. I've chosen you in this revival army because you are a usable vessel. I can use you. This is who God is choosing right now to confound the wisdom of this world. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.